Pelé, real name Edson Arantes del Nascimento, is widely regarded as one of the greatest ever exponents of the sport. He helped become known as the beautiful game. He holds the prestigious record of being a FIFA World Cup winner on no less than three occasions, scoring 12 goals in 14 games at the finals. Born in the poor district of Tres Corazaos, Minas Gerais, Brazil, on the 23rd of October in 1940, he remains the most famous footballer in history, and it is his achievements in the FIFA for World Cup that have chiefly garnered that accolade. His entrance onto the world stage occurred during the 1958 finals in Sweden. At the tender age of just 17, he was the star of the tournament, scoring six goals, including three in the semi-final and two in the final. The teenager emerged from nowhere to light up the tournament with his dazzling skills. In the quarter-finals, Pelé scored a fine solo goal to give Brazil a 1-0 victory against Wales. The semi-final against France was billed as a contest between the young prodigy, Pelé, and France's free-scoring Juste Fontaine. The script was written for Pelé, and he grabbed the headlines with an opportunistic second-half hat-trick. Pelé's goals in a comprehensive 5-2 win guided Brazil to the final, where they faced the host Sweden. Stockholm was the venue, and the stage was set for Pelé to prove his status as the young prodigy. In the second half, and with Brazil winning 2-1, Pelé scored a wonder goal. He produced a magical piece of skill before providing the finishing touch. Without doubt, a defining moment in FIFA World Cup history. Uh, hey, bud. It's uh, Love Sport Podcast. It's Paul and John. And just a, a, a bit of a quick emergency pod. Uh, many of you would have either woken up or going to bed, wherever you are in the world, um, to the news, the sad news that LA has passed. It's probably no shock, John, because he's been so sick, but it's still a shock. Yeah, he's been battling almonds for a while, and he's been—he's, you know, he's quite. What was it, eighty-two? Um, he's actually—I was quite taken aback because he seems to have been sick for so long, and he yeah. seems to have been a constant figure for so long that it felt like he was older than eighty-two. It did feel like he was older than eighty-two. I, I, I said the same. I just spoke to my dad for a few minutes, and um, look, we're not going to enter the the goat debate um, in terms of. Oh, da, da, da. But for me, the two players in my whole life that have been interchangeable. Uh, as as the greatest players in my life have always been Maradona and Pelé, um, and yes, there's been a number of great players, but they're the two that that forged my whole football existence. And we've spoken about Maradona so so much, um, and you know, to lose both of them within you know two years, roughly, um, it, it's sad. But also, mate, as we know, it's also a celebration of of just such beautiful football and such an amazing man who brought joy to people who didn't even follow the world. Yeah, he brought joy to all the he brought he brought it to places too that a lot of people wouldn't realise. So he was a such a trailblazer and he yep. brought um I mean I I was lucky enough to say meet him. I mean I was in his presence for about four four seconds at a book signing in um Wow in in Queen Street Mall. Years and years ago, I was at prom. I was at high school. And my mum actually let me take the day off to go in. 
Oh. And and uh, we went there, and it was one of those crazy things where I think he was. I think Puskas was with him. Wow. And um, but like it was just a thing like that, and um, and he I didn't buy his book. I had a yellow shirt from school. Oh, he signed it. Wow. And, and he was he was that kind of guy. Like, and, but how, am different... out, how am I finding out this story from you now? <laughs> it's just a different era, isn't it? And um, I remember that that was, that was a great thing. And when I went to school, uh, I remember going and talking about it at school after. Mate, hardly anyone really knew who he was um, amongst the people that you know at my school. Yep. Um, but times have really changed um, because remember he went when he went to play in New York and you know, yeah. amazing. No, I don't remember it, but I've only read about it. And, um, you know, with Beckenbauer and George Best and things like that. And those guys love doing that sort of stuff. Well, I reckon they had a pretty good time playing in the National League. They had an amazing too. time in the crowds, which is unbelievable for them as well. And look, um, oh, but, I mean, we, we, we could go on and, and talk about, you know, some of the things. But we have to say, you know, like three-time World Cup winner, um, 636 goals for Corinthians uh, for Santos. I was about to say Corinthians for Santos. 636, uh, sorry, 636 appearances, 618 goals. Um, and you said about the New York Cosmos, 64 appearances, 37 goals. But it's the Brazilian career where he's well and truly, um, you know, 77 goals playing in a time where you, you were always playing the best teams. Um, yeah. And a three-time World Cup winner, and he won his first as a seventeen-year-old, and 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 hacked out, uh, hacked out of another World Cup. Um, I, I just think, I, I don't know, I don't want to go on about stats and that, but so many players have said, even Johan Cruyff, who one of the most egotistical players that ever played, one of the greatest. So many of these players copied their moves off his moves. Like, if you go and watch videos of the foundations of his moves, so many players have turned the moves into their own. Yeah. And that, you can't get a better tribute or a greater tribute than that, I think. And he, I mean, to stand out in the Brazilian teams and in the era that he stood out to... Look, I, I, I think it's pretty hard for us to get our head around. Like, so, obviously... I'm no, I'm no writer, and I'm just mean. I've just been watching Holland for a long time, and I never really saw. I didn't see Pele play, put it that way, except on videos. But when you read about the teams and the quality within those teams, it wasn't like the Argentina team that just won the World Cup, which was awesome. But Lionel Messi was quite obviously the standout player. I mean, the teams from Brazil were teeming with great players, teeming with them. And you know, to stand out like he did, just unbelievable, mate. And and, and and I suppose you know the term that we all use, and we've used it often, the beautiful game. Um, it's synonymous with Palais. I mean, a lot of people believe he was the one who even phrased the term the beautiful game. And and I just think, ugh. and to be hacked out of a World Cup the same as Maradona, like these would have every single tackle that Poe and Maradona copped in their respective World Cups where they were hacked out of them would have been absolute straight red cards in the modern game. Absolute straight red cards. Yes, yeah, so very. there certainly, um, there was a level of toughness with the game back then that I don't know is around anymore, but you know, uh, some of the things that get lost in the ether is just how great some of the defenders were as well. Like, 
Yeah. Um, we talk about the greatest players of all time. Um, one of the few defenders that actually would ever make that list is, is Bobby Moore, the great England captain. And <laughs> imagine defending a player like Pelo. Nah, nah. You just can't. I mean, the guy scored almost a goal a game. He had moves that we'd never seen. And, and look, you do have to say, they were playing on pitches that, that cow paddocks would have been sometimes embarrassed by. They were playing with heavy balls. This guy could shoot with both feet, which was rarer um, than it is today. Um, he could head the ball. He could do anything. I just... I don't think we can do any superlatives that will do any kind of justice to this man um, and what he means to the game. And we're going to have a world uh, in mourning, but we'll also have a world celebrating him, mate. And that's that's absolutely gorgeous. I love it. Well, my memory of Pelé, and, and I don't think we need to go on and on and on about this one, but my, what I think of when I think of Pelé is that beaming, infectious happiness that always seemed to come out of him. Oh, that smile. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, we're sat here, we've, we've banged off, like as if anyone cares, talking about, well, you know, Maradona's this and, and oh, could have been George. It doesn't matter because, like we said, when um, Maradona passed, and I don't want to say much more, but some things are uh, temporary uh, and him and LA, they lie together tonight as eternal in in sport, little like don't worry about football in sport. Yeah, uh, great okay. humans, and and um, I'm sure the angels came down to get him and take him away today. Oh, 100%. And look, they uh, they, they had their moments over the years, you know. Uh, imagine if Twitter was around, um, when they were in their height of um, giving each other grief at one stage, you know, like I think they absolutely respected each other, but also, um, couldn't help themselves having a little bit of a go at each other as well, which. They weren't besties. Um, no, they were definitely not besties. And, and it is kind of like the modern day Messi and Ronaldo, you, you know what I mean, in terms of um, probably comparing themselves to each other. And there has to be a certain level of ego to be as good as you are. Yeah, well, everyone wants to dismiss the, um, what happened in the past. But here's something else about Pelé. I was thinking about it this morning and I said, I'm going to say anything else. He didn't play in Europe. Yeah. I, at least I'm pretty certain he didn't, um, but he played most of his football in his local competition in South America. And, um, you know, to, to get to where he got to from from there. I mean, because if you can work out how the Brazilian league is awards its winner, you're better than me because I've tried over and over again. But I do know that Santos was one of the biggest teams. But to, to, you're 100% right. And it also makes it kind of more beautiful that he played for Santos you know, re- two two teams, um, really, professionally. Santos, I, I could be 15 or 16, he started playing there. Was it a World Cup at 17? And to be almost a one-club player, and then at the Cosmos, he was the highest-paid player in the world at that time because they went all out. You know, we know all the players that played. Uh, that was a beautiful time uh, for American football. And there's a number of... Um, documentaries. I, I really suggest anyone go and have a look at those. I don't know the names off the top, um, but there's one about the New York Cosmos um, and, and I really recommend anyone who wants to see what could have been in the US at that point, um, go and watch that video as well. Do you, do you remember what it was called? Was it Once in a Lifetime or something? Something like that. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, I could, yeah, I think so. But look at the players. 
and and you could make a, a very big argument to say the top ten George best sits in there as well. Oh, here it I is. Just, that here was having is. a good time. It is once in a lifetime the extraordinary story of the New York Cosmos. So it's a, mm. a documentary I really recommend. Um, even on IMDb, it's it's given seven or eight, um, but definitely recommend it. And he's he's um, you know one of the focal points of it. So I definitely recommend. Uh, you know, I mean, some of the players at that time, you had Pelé, you had Johan Cruyff. Um, George. Son- oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez. Uh, a Beckenbauer played, you know, one of my favourite of all time as well. Um, it was just an amazing time. I know we're going sideways on that, but please, you know, have a look at that. It's it's extraordinary. Uh, mate, I, I suppose Pete, Pete looks, looks like he's going to try and come on in a minute if he can find his headphones. I think we've just woken him up with our messages and uh, Pete can probably extol some words that you and I can't, but um, I'm just happy that we're not doing the real debate. You know, oh, Pal- you know, Palais Maradona, this, that, and the other. And I'm sure they've already know, started it. He, oh, that's what woke me. I'm like, you know, I'm not. I just can't be bothered paying into any of that stuff at the moment because it's pointless. Okay, let's 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 focus on it this way for a minute, mate. Um, there was no one like Palais. No. And there has never been anyone like Palais. And there's never going to be anyone like Maradona. So let's, let's put it like that. Or George Best, to be fair. You couldn't play sport like that. Or Johan Cruyff wouldn't get near no. anymore because he's just so up and so into himself. They were doing things that were, were – and I think that's what we can focus on. They were doing things that just weren't done. And you said earlier on that he was in a magnificent Brazilian team, which he was, right? He was in an absolutely brilliant Brazilian team. And to break into that team after only playing senior football for, you know, less than two years in Brazil, that's unbelievable. To break into a Brazilian brilliant, uh, a brilliant Brazilian team, uh, how do you do that, mate? How do you... How do you well, inf- I, I guess that that's the, 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 the shot at becoming famous that sport gives you. Like, boxing gives you all the, all the 15-year-old from Karachi who's playing cricket with a tennis ball. And and how do they get to be like that was was a macro. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if it's from Karachi, but you know what I mean. Like that. That's you get you get seen bowling in the street. Um, people take a shot on you when you make a team like that. Just we don't the, think of it happening here in Australia because everything's so structured and academies and this, that, and the other. But our different parts of the world are different, and sports different in all those places. Like you've got to come out of the. When they talk about coming out of the back blocks and the barrios and the favelas, that's what they're talking about. And that's where, you know, I know we're going to sideways here, but that's where Australian sport has gone so, so wrong, right? Um, right now, I mean, look at look at an AFL draft, for example, right? We're, we've copied kind of the worst of, of world sport. And, and it's the same as baseball and all these different things that use stats and times and this, that and the other, right? You'd know this as a coach and a player of different sports and, and a lover of sports, and I know it as well. There is an eye test that does not lie, right? Mm. And I watch, like, you know, when I've coached soccer and, and football and basketball, you can watch a player. I don't look at how their times. I don't look at their height and their hand width, all that stuff. I look at someone and go, wow, okay, that's a basketballer. Wow, that's a footballer. I can help hone some of that. I can help shape some of that and, and, and encourage. But there's something innate in, in those. And you would have seen it with some of your rugby well, girls. That, well, that's, that's the immeasurables. And, and I think the, what, you, what you're talking about there is that 
is that gulf that exists between the love of sport for it being sport and the worship of money. Yep. And I, that's about the best I can say, I think, um, is that that's what that, and that's why you get a different flavor, a different vibe to any sport that comes from a, a, a country that's not as developed as like Australia is, you know what I mean? I, I do, mate. Look, I, I, a couple of the, the kind of tribute or how it affected me kind of thing, right? I, it's not about me, but I was telling Meg about it, and I, I had I had tears. Just you know, it's meant so much for for my life. And you know, when I was a little kid running around with a ball, I did. There was only a few names that I knew because we didn't get football here, and he was one of the only football names I knew when I was a seven year old playing football. And I would run past people saying, "Oh, Pelé," you know, like I didn't know many other footballers growing up in Australia. Um, yeah. So when I was telling Meg about it, I li- I know people talk about goosebumps, but my whole arms and legs were goosebumps, mate. Um, not exaggerating. You know, when people go, oh, my hair were raised, and I had goosebumps. I, I had to show me goosebumps on my arms. It's just, you know, I know we shouldn't be shocked that he's gone, but I'm still shocked that he's gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's sad. It's like, it's been like, you've been waiting. Everyone's been waiting because you, you could see the writing was on the wall this time. It's been six years times, but, you know, when he wasn't coming out of the hospital, it was like, you knew the end was close by. But it's typical Palais, man, it's the last of World Cup. I'm sure it's disappointed with the result, but that was the other thing is, and I think the, the legacy of the guy, like, through the world, every four years, you see a, a clash of cultures between South America and Europe and how football's played. And see, you know, from time to time, one of the others on top. And right now, I think fittingly, even though it's the great rival, I'm pretty pleased that with Pelé's passing that um, a South American team is the current world champion. 100%, mate. And like you and I, we watch a lot of football documentaries, whether it's through YouTube or Netflix or whatever we can do, we watch them. And, and you know, some of the favourite ones that I've watched over the last few years have been about Boca Juniors, uh, oh, yeah. you know, um, Maradona in Mexico, one of my, I just wish it had gone longer. Just just those really different um, Boca Confidential, whatever it's called. Just seeing the different cultures and the way they train. We just just one one second. I'm happy to interrupt this for a second. You've got to share the love while you can. Goodbye, my beautiful one. Please have a lovely day at work. And keeping that in the podcast because you do have to uh, love the people in your life while you can, don't you, mate? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as, as I've said to people before, my uh, my partner's a nurse, and um, huge credit to all the frontliners, you know, retail staff, everyone who give up everything for us on, over these holidays. <laughs> you know, like even retail staff, mate. You know, you're going to Rebel Sport, you've got the weekend off or the holidays off, and they're working. So, you know, anyone who's in those fields, whether it's retail, hospitality, uh, first responders, we, we appreciate you very much. And it's times like this we should appreciate you. Hospitality? More. Yeah, cooking. Yeah. I mean, you, you go to a restaurant on your holidays and all that, and those people aren't having holidays, mate. You know, like. Um, yeah. So, you know, huge credit to those people. And I don't know why um, this – I've only had – I've got two weeks off, which I'm, I'm blessed to have. I go back to work next week. Um, I know you got longer with your profession. But you do take it for granted sometimes that all these other people are working for you. Okay. I try not I try not to, but, yeah. 
Um, mate, anything else? Anything else? Um, Pete's been unable to join us. Um, uh, he'll probably pop in as we finish. Um, I know Pete would say things that he, he always has a great way with the, the football world uh, word. Have you got anything final you want to want to say about him at all, mate? No, I just want to um, um, celebrate and uh, and send all my love out to one of the great sportsmen of all time, and it's another one of those days where um, you can well you, you can you can sit back and celebrate a life well lived. Don't cry, uh, be happy. Yeah, and that's exactly where I'm starting to go now. And look, I haven't watched the actual Poe movie yet. Um, I, I, for some reason, I just couldn't bring myself to to watching it. Um, I think, for me, I, I, football um, movies haven't. When I say kind of expose movies where it's someone acting as Poe or someone acting as Maradona, I've always struggled to watch those kind of movies. Oh, yeah. um, but hey, look. He was in one of the movies that we all, we've talked about on our podcast over the years. He was certainly in The Great Escape. Escape to Victory. Oh, Escape to Victory. I don't know why I said Great Escape. Escape <laughs> to Victory. Um, and look, who can forget that Sylvester Stallone was also in that movie. You know, one of the great football uh, keepers of all time. Uh, probably five foot seven. Um, but yeah, so we can watch Escape to Victory. We can watch Once in a Lifetime. We could watch the Poe movie. It's very... The, the, better than any of that, just go and watch the 1970 World Cup replay against Italy. Oh, absolutely. And or even better than that, get the knockout game between Brazil and England because I'm telling you, that should have been the final. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the other thing is, and it's been in recent weeks when obviously people have known Poe's been pretty sick, there's a number of videos out there and I really uh, extol you to get out there. Get beyond the ones that are going to be put out today by people. Um, look at ones from the last few years and last, you know, few months. There's some unbelievable videos. There are ones. There's one, John, and I'll try and send a link on our podcast page and send it to you. There's one that shows heaps of the world's best, their moves, and Poe doing them, you know, decades beforehand. And I think that's greatest tributes. I'll try and find that because I think you'll, you might have seen it. If you haven't, I think you'll really enjoy it. Even seeing the Johan, uh, you know, the Cruyff turn, seeing Poe before. Yeah. It, it, that just freaks me out, mate, because he had no one else to copy. That's the other thing. Modern footballers, mate, they have all this video and different things where they can go, ah, that's what he does. He bring, he drags the ball back behind him. He didn't have any of that. They didn't have any of those videos or, or even people to tell them how to do that stuff. They weren't it on the streets, like you said. They weren't there. All right, mate. Well, I'll tell you what the other thing is. George Cohen, um, member of the 66 World Cup winning squad in England, died this week as well, and a, and a true gentleman. I, I can't remember who the other one is, but I know that there's only two of the England 66 squad alive now. What? Uh, one's Bobby Charlton. Wow. Yeah, no, look, that's a really good call. Um, obviously, I don't mean this rudely, probably not as, as close to my heart, not because it's England. I didn't follow the England team as much. Like, um, So uh, I, I get what you're saying, and I appreciate it very, very much. I was just having a look at who else it was. Sorry, mate. Yeah, so yeah, it's George Cohen. I thought there was someone else as well, but George Cohen. So he was um he died at the age of eighty three as well. So played yeah, um, for Fulham. So what, what kind of player was he, mate? Like I I don't know enough about him. Gentleman is a uh, all I know is 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 a gentleman midfield. He played for Fulham. Um, that England squad. Well, that won the World Cup. Uh, lots of um, West Ham players. 
Um, um, but yeah, like um, he just one of the, the guys that stood out. I remember as a kid in England, the the, the big names from that was obviously being Geordie's Jack and Bobby Charlton, um, Alan Ball, um, Jeff Hurst, who died, Gordon Banks, like just so many great players, and um, and they're all getting old, and well, most of them are no longer with us, so. Another good lesson there is to cherish the older people in your life and give them the time of day and listen to their stories because they know stuff. Well, I was talking to Dad just before, and he's like, mate, he's 10 years older than me. You know, so the mortality at our ages and with our parents and grandparents, you know, grandparents have passed and so forth, you really feel it. Um, Just having a quick look, mate, this is one of the greatest tributes you could ever get. George Best, and we all know what we think of George Best, he said uh, that uh, Cohen was the best fullback I've ever played against. Now, you're talking about one of the most unbelievable skilled players of all time. That, you couldn't get much better tribute than that, could you? That's high praise indeed from uh, someone who would know because he would have tested him. Wow, how's this, mate? He was prevented by uh, uh, Alf Ramsey from switching his shirts with the Argentinian players uh, after, after yeah. that. Yeah, he used a name for them that we best not repeat, but... Uh, the- the rivalry with Argentina goes back a long way. It feels oh, like Argentina's got rivalry with everyone. Yeah, no, but it's, there's a really famous picture of, of, of the shirts almost being stretched as they're trying to uh, change them. And, and there's uh, Elf Ramsey like, pulling him back and the shirt's getting stretched or it's about to snap. Um, <laughs> but look, uh, Fulham, you said he was uh, Fulham legend. Oh, we have. We, great timing, Pete. We're so happy to have you come on and on a sad morning, but also a beautiful morning, mate. We've, we've done, uh, John and I have done a fair few tributes and we'd love to hear your words about Pelé and what he's meant to you and coaching and so forth, bud. Oh, well, thank you very much for uh, welcoming me onto the show. It's great to be able to join you guys. Yeah, obviously devastating news to wake up to this morning about uh, Pelé. I think, um, unfortunately, we've we've kind of expected this news to, to turn up at some point soon, especially after... Uh, in fact, we knew he was unwell during the time of the World Cup. Um, we knew that he wasn't doing too well in hospital. So, unfortunately, it's um, it's not really surprising news that uh, that Pele has unfortunately passed away at age eighty two. But it's uh, it, it's an absolute uh, amazing uh, career and life that uh, for me that Pele obviously led with. Know, his goal scoring records, his ability to, to change football, um, being able to be in film and, and TV and, and, and just kind of change the way that people saw the game uh, is something truly special. And I think that, uh, you know, being one of those first marquee type players over in America with uh, New York Cosmos was obviously a game changer as well. So the what an absolute uh, incredible impact that he's had uh, and, and an absolute king to the world of football and devastating day uh, hearing that he's unfortunately passed away. Beautifully said. <laughs> um, as a coach, is someone like Pelé coachable? <laughs> well, the thing is, the answer is yes, but the answer is also no in a way because the thing is he, he was – such a creative genius uh, on the ball that you kind of um, needed the support of everyone around him. So in terms of is he coachable, the answer is yes. But um, it's funny, I was listening to a quote the other day um, 
that I think is completely relevant where it was like, if you're going into war and you've got a hundred soldiers, 90 of them are there to kind of just make up the numbers. Nine of them are actually there to try and achieve something. One of them is a warrior. And if you kind of use a similar kind of analogy in football, you could probably say that Pele was the warrior and you could probably say that nine or 10 people around him were probably good soldiers who knew exactly what to do. But that's not taking away who the other players were that were around him during these Brazil squads and during these uh, Santos squads uh, during his time because there were some absolute gems in those squads as well. Um, but yeah, he, he was an absolute warrior and, and a guy that, you know, you needed someone to grab a game by the scruff of the neck. And there's no doubt that based on the footage that we were able to see today, he was one of those guys. And uh, a video was actually doing the rounds on Twitter the other day as well of all the, the kind of the skill moves that he was doing before oh. other people were doing as well. Um, that, you know, <laughs> so many people jokingly said, you know, it started with Garantina uh, before Pele. And, and the thing is, look, we can – we can compare everyone uh, and, and what Pele did first compared to what everyone does today. Well, it's so funny you say that because John, I just brought that up before. So we'll, we'll try and retweet that one. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I did the other day, but we'll retweet it again. Um, definitely, John, will send it to you. You'll love it. It, it, it shows people like Johan Cruyff, and, and I was talking about it before. He he, he obviously took it next level, that, that move, uh, the Cruyff turn. But it's an awesome video, hey, Pete. It shows so many modern players adapting the moves from Pelé. And most of, them, most of the modern ones wouldn't even know that it came from Pelé. Correct. Um, I'll add it into our Love Sport podcast uh, Facebook group uh, uh, later on this morning. I'm just uh, getting it sorted right now. Oh, you're a, you're a legend, mate. Excellent. Um, so, Pete, you're, you're a lot younger than John and I. Let's be. I'm being kind to us, John. He's a lot younger than us. Um, growing up, um, was Poe, like there's a lot of names that would have been around. Did Poe hit your kind of mindset as a, as a young player, young coach? To be blunt, no. Not until I kind of started delving into the uh, the history books and understanding the landscape a little bit more. And it was at that point, that's when I really understood who he was and what he had done. And uh, I think it, it always kind of... Um, for me, my first World Cup memory is France 98. And so France 98 obviously got a fantastic magazine from my auntie, which gave basically the history of France 98's tournament, all the teams at the World Cup, and then obviously going through all the uh, historical data as well. And at that point, I literally remember opening up to a page where it was like all the goal-scoring records at different World Cups, of people who had won different World Cups, and Pele's name popped up. And I went, ooh, I need to find out about this guy. And it was at that point, that's when I started doing my investigations. And uh, your eyes, I, I can imagine your eyes got, would have got wider and wider. And uh, I know my mouth, you know, my mouth dropped a number of times the more I read about him. And uh, just, we never got to see him. We're, John was saying before, we never got to see him, any of us, but we've seen highlights. And even the highlights cannot do justice. I, I just wish, I hope that there's something more definitive we get to see in the coming months. Absolutely agree. Fingers crossed. Um, what about yourself there, John? Yeah, no, well, we, we were talking before and, yeah, I was, you know, we never saw him play him, but, like, 
his name was dominant. And as a young guy, when I was a kid in Australia, um, you had to search for football content. And I mean that in the kindest possible way. Uh, I get stuff sent from the UK, um, magazines and newspaper articles and stuff like that. But um, Pele was a real trailblazer. I said to Paul, um, he came out and the Queen Street Mall did a book signing like years and years ago with Pushkas. And um, that was my only brush with the man. He actually got the br- He actually was in the same room as him, uh, Pete. How cool is that? That's incredible. That's actually really awesome. Because he was promoting the game um, like big time. And I reckon, you know, it was got, he would have conversations with guys like Johnny Warren and, and no, I'm really stretching it, but, you know, and Les Murray was great for that stuff, man. He would talk to Les Murray because it's a bit like how they all know each other at that level where they know that Australia is a, is a country where people could move to when they retire and stuff. It seemed to be a bit of that sort of stuff. And, um, but Les was pushing the game and, I bet if you went and looked at the SBS archives, you'll find that that Les uh, and had many a time talking with Pelo, uh, especially by twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. The, the yep. fact- I'm looking at an interview that uh, he did exactly back in March 2015, um, talking about things that happened with Brazil at the 2014 World Cup. I can see a one-on-one interview there. I can also see. Um, another interview that he did back in 2014, talking about uh, Pele coming to Australia to talk about the retirement of Les Murray as well, um, and was part of the uh, celebrations there. So, Imagine yeah. getting a Pele as a get for the for the person who was going to introduce your retirement speech. That's incredible. That kind of says everything, and that that tells you a lot. Yeah, on on a, on a on a morning of legends, I'm pleased we could shoehorn Les in because he was absolute legend. Well. We've all, you know, a step or two remain. You know, they had the seven, uh, you know, the steps of separation and whatever. And my greatest highlight was, I think it was, I think it was after, you know, the Football Federation Down Under Awards, um, Pete, that have, that have, I'm not sure if they've died or not, but they, 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 they were pretty big back in our day. And I know you won uh, an award for the Australian Football Facebook page, I believe. Yep, yeah, uh, we did. Um, those those awards have definitely uh, died down, unfortunately. That they were fantastic for a, a number of years that were up and running, and 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 huge thanks to Lee who uh, was facilitating that. Absolutely. Well, I was I was lucky enough, and sorry if I sound like I'm touting myself, but it's not the real. I was lucky enough to be nominated a couple of years after you guys won for you know best new podcast and you know a couple of different awards. I didn't win any of them. But I did win on that night because I got to sit at the table with Mark Bosnich and Les Murray, and I, I don't, I, you know, how much I speak. I don't think I spoke that night. I just, <laughs> I actually remember bumping into you that night at the table. Oh yeah, you were that. You were that I don't think I spoke. I, th- I was just so enthralled listening to Les just talk. And it, let's be honest, he'd had a couple of drinks as well, so it was even better because his stories were becoming more colourful. Uh, and he did talk about Poe that night. So I did I bump into you that night. I definitely do remember that. And yes, it was uh, it was it was one heck of a table to be at. So yeah, you were absolutely blessed uh, to to enjoy that one for sure. How lucky was I? I don't know how it happened, John. Um, That's sorry. a cool story, man. Uh, that that is amazing. And yes, you were very blessed. But by full disclosure, I've never been nominated for any of those awards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my contribution to podcasts. 
Oh, no, mate, I was uh, I, I think I was nominated for radio shows and independent pages and stuff, right? And I didn't win any of them. I reckon I didn't go even close. But it was amazing to be nominated. And um, Those awards, Pete, I think they're the kind of things that um, – and Lee, Lee run those. They were some of the greatest nights I've ever had following the world game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've become, we became friends through this medium um, of – did we, we did we work on a radio station together at one stage? Uh, I definitely had you on as a guest on my yeah. radio show, and you had yeah. me as a guest on your radio show at different times as well. Uh, songs and goals, mate. Now, now you that had if songs you, and goals, I had beyond the ninety. Yes. If you if you go back, I tell you what, I get these little things every now and again saying that somebody commented on something on the songs and goals website. It's like <laughs> wow. I think, <laughs> must have been really looking for something to eat up. It was good. Because I think I'm an administrator on that page too. Yes. Um, look, fun times. And, and it's things like that, unfortunately. And, and I don't want to um, bag the radio station. I won't. But it, I remember the time um, I was in the radio station, uh, you guys, and I I saw the, the host. And, and I, I won't say his name because I'll give away the station. He is a lovely, lovely guy. His taste in music, unfortunately, not so lovely. Um, oh, but hey, look, he loves it to to each their own. Mm. But I, I remember there was the president of the radio station, some accountant guy, and and this host. That me down. And we'd been doing I'd been doing that show for a long time um, before you you lucky enough to get you on board uh, for a bit, John. And they sat me down and they said, "Look, um, the radio show it's getting a lot of listeners." Um, but we need you to raise fifty to one hundred thousand dollars in the few months for the show to last. And I'm like working full time. I think I was studying full time. I was doing a Gold Coast radio station in the morning, and I was doing a Brisbane radio station in the afternoon, plus covering football on on um, pages like Australian Football. And they were asking me to raise fifty to one hundred thousand dollars. No wonder football didn't get a go on radio at the time, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yep. Uh, Look, the the time slot that we had for Beyond the 90 on uh, 2GLF uh, FM radio down here in Sydney was the Sunday morning 8 till 9 time slot, uh, which directly followed a 9 till 10 uh, kind of mixed sports show. And before that, we had, um, we were actually the first ones into the studio. uh, And most of the time, whenever we wanted to try and get guests on it, it included a fair bit of begging. Because uh, no one really wants to get up at too early in the morning on a Sunday uh, to join us to chat some football. So, <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't the e- easiest uh, program to be able to help manage. It was, was funny. Football? I tell you, what, you knew you, you knew people were listening though, because I think at the time thought we was it one till five on Saturday, Paul. Yep. <laughs> and and the place of Logan was dead at that time, and you asked me to fill in for you one weekend. I thought I've got to take the sideline in with me, so I took in a friend called Rossi who knows nothing about football and he's reading the scores and you know, sure as night follows day it's you know Millwall 2 Leicester 3 I'm like, oh no and <laughs> we got all this we got we got rained with comments <laughs> and, and Rossi was we he pretended the whole time he knew stuff about what's happening up at Pine Rivers football comp anyway it was a great day and then um he set the alarm off by having a cigarette in the toilet and no one came. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to put this in perspective, guys. Logan, uh, 
has a bad reputation. Um, it's it, it's got a lot of multiculturalism. It's got a bad reputation, but it's kind of like the cornerstone of, of where all these different cultures come together and people have affordable housing and different things like that. But the radio station, which was a community radio station, had high fences with barbed wire around it. We were, yep. If you park your car in here, it's at your own risk. You know, stuff like that. The station was, you know, it, it felt like it was built in the 1950s or 60s. Um, but the, the thing was, we had, uh, at that point, we were one of the places that gave, you know, the apps now, you can just look up scores straight away from any sport, any local. The studio was good. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was, you know, as far as that time goes. Um, but to put it in perspective, Pete, as, as you would know, the only way you could get scores out, we were getting clubs sending scores into us to be able to announce the scores over the radio because apps weren't, hadn't really quite come in at that point. Spot on. So it was amazing. We're announcing local sports and we were going right down to like third division in Brisbane and Gold Coast. I remember having a look at the ladder with Rossi um, and was talking about problems at um, Pine Lake. <laughs> There's problems at Pine Lake because, and we only worked and we made the story out based on the fact that they'd, They'd scored one, conceded forty on the bottom of the ladder, <laughs> and uh, we we started to bring all this pressure and heat on the management out there. We had no idea who they were. You got comments saying, "Hey, you know, there's decent people running that club." So obviously not. Hey, <laughs> mate. At least you haven't been the vice president of a, fo- of a football club that folded because of um, financial impropriety from the previous people. At least you didn't. I, I was the last vice president of a football club in Brisbane. So at least you guys haven't got that on your plate. That is very true. That is very true. <laughs> I could go on about a certain Portuguese restaurant. Um, oh, I know all about that Portuguese restaurant. Definitely heard about that Portuguese restaurant. That one's a fun one. Yeah, We'll have to save that story for another pot, I reckon. I, I don't even know if John fully knows that story, but uh, it was very – it's actually one of the – actually, I should write a story on it because it's one of the great little stories about – you know, the best part of football in Australia and the worst part of football in Australia. So Yeah, at a community level. At a community yeah. level. i just got to be careful, and I'll be good at it. I've got the legal background. I've got to be very careful that so I don't get myself sued and end up paying for the debts of people of the past. <laughs> or even worse, just get a visit. Oh, yes. Okay. I've got kids <laughs> and puppies. Um, I will say that I did name one of my favourite puppies ever after Palais. Um, so I had a little white fluff ball who loved kicking balls around. And, uh, so he, you know, one of my dogs was, uh, named Palais over the years. So there, there, there you go. There's a bit of credit there. Boys, um, it's a day of celebration. Both of you have said it. Yes, we'll shed our tears of sadness. There'll be a lot of, uh, tears and smiles of joy because I'm just going to make it a, uh, a Palais fest today as I get my car serviced. Sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Final, any final words, Pete? We should, you know, you, you've come onto the pod late. Uh, any final words from the younger generation about Palais? Oh, look, I think uh, we're definitely going to see lots of uh, footage that comes out um, a- over the next couple of days on social media, whether it be, uh, you know, him playing, or whether it's him uh, scoring goals or whatever it is, just embrace it, enjoy it, learn from it, see what little tips and tricks and things that he's done that uh, are relevant to today's world. Um, make sure you jump onto the Love Sport Podcast Facebook group. Uh, I've just added on to the video then about him uh, and his technical abilities and him scoring goals as well as the story. 
about uh, Pele turning up to Les Murray's retirement party. Wow. So jump onto the Love Sport podcast Facebook group to be able to uh, find out all about that. But uh, yeah, look, so much to learn from this moment. So look, I think the classic story is, um, yes, be sad. Yes, understand it, but also love it and enjoy it and understand that it's a celebration time of someone's life. And the easiest way to celebrate for me is to is to relive some of those magical moments, to learn from that and to really grow from that. I, I think we should end, uh, end it on that note. Um, condolences to Pele's, um, I think, seven children and, and family and grandchildren and everything like that as well. Quite often we forget about families. He is a human. He's a granddad and a, and, and a father and, and, you know, a partner and a husband as well. So, um, you know, I also want to say that without making any jokes that I was about to about Viagra. We nearly got through without you bringing that up. Very good. Guys, have a lovely day. I love you both. And uh, let's just celebrate Pelé, as you you said. So, uh, bay all Pelé and and have a lovely day, boys. Yours in Thank you. See you, guys. I um, really appreciate that, guys. I'll edit it straight away because it's a really easy edit and get it out. Um, Really, really appreciate you.